I wouldn't be who I am today if I didn't go through. If I wasn't the shortest kid in school, if I wasn't 131 kilos, if I wasn't bully, I was a fucking loser. Left school and I was just eating for quick dopamine hits. I was having McDonald's four to five times a day, poker machines, smoking a packet a day. I was doing everything I could to just feel something. You're gonna end up in that hole in the ground. You're gonna die. So I thought to myself, I'm going to do everything in my power until I am in that hole in the ground to make sure I have the best life that I ever had. I walked into the hypnotherapist's office, a pack a day smoker, I walked out and I never touched a cigarette again. We go to Lebanon, I'm forced to eat healthier. In the first three weeks, I've lost like five, six kilos. I'm like, oh, this is cool. In that moment, I still remember I had 66 cents in my bank account. And I'm looking at myself in the and I go, it's just you and me. And that was kind of the moment where I was just like, no one can take this away from you. No one can take hard work away from you. All in on the personal development, all in on fixing my brain. It's light at the end of the tunnel if you work hard on it. Hi, this is Joseph Dowood, and this is life, money, and love. Just quickly before we get started, guys, if you've been enjoying the podcast, can I please ask that you consider leaving a five-star review and subscribing on whatever platform you've been listening. It really helps the podcast grow. Joseph, thank you for coming on. Joseph Dowd, an economist and an applied mathematician. I thought, fuck, <laughs> you've got a really smart man coming in here today. Um, you're also obviously the founder of Simple Finance, a mortgage brokerage, uh, kind of for the modern day, simplifying things, making it easier, particularly I feel for millennials, because as we move into the property market, when our parents are buying property 20, 30, 40 years ago, whatever it may be, very different. Um, so I love what you're doing there. Also the host of the Beyond Impossible podcast. So we're just having a bit of a chat uh, about that. But I think, man, there's a lot I want to talk to you today about. Um, one thing, again, we, we mentioned briefly before, definitely towards the end, I want to pick your brain and get your thoughts on someone who's in the industry, in the trenches every day with everything that's going on. Another interest rate high a couple of days ago, inflation going through the roof. So I want to pick your brain and get your thoughts on that because um, I think it's really helpful and useful information to have. But man, first of all, before we get into it, thanks again for coming in and I appreciate your time. Uh, I, I really thank you for reaching out and just having me on. Like, it's just, it's, it's really cool, you well, know, that... You know, just yeah. I, I, somebody picks me out and go, hey, do you want to come on a podcast? I'm like, yeah, I do that. Okay, cool. This yeah, sounds yeah. like fun. You know, exactly. so yeah, I'm excited. Well, bro, that's the thing, man, for you. Like it's such, obviously we'll get into all the business and what, what that yeah. business story is like. And, you know, we're talking about some of the dark days, the things that people don't get to see. And I want to talk about those days and those moments. Yeah. But first of all, where I want to start is, and, and one of the big reasons that you have such an amazing story and want to have on such an inspirational journey you've been on. Um, and this is for someone who's watching on YouTube, it is a, a, a quite a small percentage, but I always encourage people that listen by the podcast up to, ch to check out YouTube because you get so much more when you can see the people, when you can see what's going on in the room. Facial reactions. That's the, that's the thing. But you wouldn't know sitting here today that once upon a time you were 130 kilos and yep. you've since lost 50, over 50 kgs. Um, incredible transformation. Like that's like truly mind-blowing stuff. And I want to ask about – obviously how you did it and, and, and the shifts you had to do in yourself. But before we get into that, take me back to kind of where you were mentally then. What did life look like? How did you feel in terms of like self-confidence yeah. and your mental health um, before you decided, look, I fucking, I just need to make changes. Okay. So everyone that's paying attention today, this is not a representation of me from Homeland University or anything along the lines of yep. that. Okay. There's going to be cursing. I'm going to be 100% real. I was a fucking loser, okay? I was an absolute loser and I had zero confidence. Yeah. So what happened with me uh, growing up is I was extremely small for my age. Um, you wouldn't be able to tell that now yeah. and I'll get into all of that 
later, but um, I was the youngest in my grade and I was a late bloomer. And because of this, it made me develop confidence issues. So what ended up happening was I was 16 years old. My voice hadn't broken yet. I was five foot two and whenever – you remember school photos? They used to get like the boys to sit with the girls if they were too small. Yeah, the shorter guys. I was always in the middle sitting uh, with the girls um, because I was one of the smallest guys in my grade. Yeah. Uh, about 16, 17 years old, that's when I had my growth spurt. So I've grown six inches in six weeks. My foot grew from a size seven to a size 12 – my wingspan grew astronomically. Just all these random things just started happening. My voice broke. I started to get hair. Certainly my mum was injecting me with GH whilst I was sleeping. <laughs> Something along the lines of that. She's like, I can't have my, my, my son be this little boy yeah. for the rest of his life. So it was just, it was a massive physical shift. But the issue that happened with me was I already had all the mental challenges beforehand. Because I was the smallest in the grade, yeah. I was easier to pick on. I'm not too sure if you remember, but 20 years ago, being Lebanese wasn't exactly the easiest thing to go through, especially me growing up in the Shire because mm. I had to deal with Cronulla riots and I had to deal with, uh, you know, a lot of systemic racism, racist yeah. issues uh, coming stemming from even just like being a Canterbury Bulldogs fan. Mm. So I have to deal with all these things at the same time whilst being the smallest guy in my grade, whilst being, you know, um, a Lebanese person. It's just, yeah. it's just so many things. And it all piled on. And what happened with that were the confidence issues. So where do you start seeking confidence or where do you start seeking dopamine? You, you start seeking it from the wrong things. You're just trying to, you're looking for anything to be able to get that. So pick up smoking yeah. at the age of 15 or 16 as well. Um, you know, me and my friends are sneaking off and we're drinking randomly on Fridays and Saturday nights. Now that's very normal for, you know, pre, you know, pre, pre-adults to do, yeah. but it was just... I wasn't focused and then I was so disconnected from school life and I was so disconnected from achievement, having an actual feeling of doing something for myself that I just left school and I was just, I was just eating for quick dopamine hits um, I was having McDonald's, a Porto's, KFC four to five times a day. I was uh, playing pokey, pokey machines, poker machines. Um, I was, you know, smoking a packet a day. I was doing everything I could but to just feel something in my life. Like I had ne- never had a girlfriend before the age of 18, 19. Um, you know, I, d- I didn't have girls looking at me, let alone. And it, there were so many issues that came with that. So. The big pattern break, and I like to talk about pattern breaks and shift, occurred when I actually left school. So what happened when I left school is I'm 18 and a half years old and I'm not in that get to school, go to, um, go to class pattern, have a teacher that doesn't like you, um, try and explain something to you and then punish you so quickly because they, they – you could just feel the energy from them that they don't like you from the yeah. start. So th- that's what I, th- that all started to disappear. And because of that disappearing, I started to fall into my own pattern of, hey, why don't I actually try and go to the gym? So I, st- I still remember picking up the phone and I had two mates who were going to the gym every single day. And I called them up and I go, do you mind if I come with you? Yeah. And they were just like, yeah, we'd love for you to come with us. And it, it, I was so scared to ask them originally mm. – 
But when they saw that I was just trying to help myself, like I was 131 kilos. Yeah. My waist was a size 44. I've got stretch marks going from here all the way up my body. I call them my battle scars. And they were, they were bright pink, bright purple, bright red at any point in time. Like I had all these things, but they were just so happy that I just wanted to yeah. do something for myself that they said, no, 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 come, come with us. And then the biggest pattern shift occurred when I went on a family trip. So I go on a family trip and we go to Lebanon where I'm from, like where my family's from and everything. And because I was there, I get taken away from McDonald's being hundred meters down the road, a Porto's being hundred meters down the road, KFC being hundred meters down the road or any, any, any of those fast food outlets. What's up happening? What ends up happening with that is I'm forced to eat healthier. So in the first three weeks of me being overseas, I've lost like five, six kilos. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. And then I end up coming home before the rest of my family does. What's the first thing I do when I get home? I drive straight to McDonald's because I'm like, yes, I missed this. Oh, my God, I get to eat McDonald's again. Yeah. I kind of ate it and I go, bro, what are you doing? You've, you've just lost like 10 kilos being overseas. Why don't you see how far you can go with this? Yeah. And I think that was the next pattern shift where – because I had seen that th- this is the first time in my life that I've ever lost weight. Yeah. Because I've seen that it's actually possible. Like you can do it. All right, let's see how far we can go with it. Mm. And I ended up losing another like 45 kilos in 20 odd weeks or something along the lines of that. Cause I was just so committed to it. Yeah. And I was just like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this and I'm, I'm going to drop the weight. And I went from like 131 kilos in July to 79 kilos by January, which is absolutely unreal. I was thinking you'd lost this over two, three years. No, nah, man. No, 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 no. This was like the, the weight loss, the genuine weight loss mm. period was six months. The issue was though, I was under eating. Okay. I didn't know this at the time. I just thought, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll lose weight. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't realize what I was actually doing to my body. What ended up happening was I was 79 kilos, but I still had a size 34 waist. And the reason for that is, is because I was losing so much muscle at that point. I wasn't actually burning fat off anymore because my body was constantly in starvation mode. I was only eating like 1200 calories a day. I'm a six foot one dude, you know, and I'm working out, I'm doing cardio and everything. I've got to be eating. Otherwise my body starts withering away. So once I started to learn about nutrition and everything, I'm 88, 86 to 88 kilos right now. Okay. But I am, I have significantly less body fat on me than when I was 79 kilos. So that, that was something that came along with it. When you say the two to three year thing, the body transformation itself, no, that's taken years, but the initial fat loss, that that was six months. Yeah. Yeah. And what's happening with your, like, if you're running on 1200 calories a day and you're putting yourself through so much physical exertion, is it also taking its toll on you mentally or like energy wise, like your your adrenal system, I, I imagine is quite shot. How, how are you feeling mentally because obviously the it's one thing losing the weight and, and doing a you know six months transformation but where did the the mindset shifts really start leveling up along your journey so the mindset shifts of okay we got to start taking on more food happened towards the end of that initial fat loss what ended up happening was uh i noticed i was a size 34 waist i was 79 kilos i didn't have a six pack still had band boobs i had Everything. I was skinny fat. That, that, that's what the term is, skinny fat. You know, yeah. I've got the love handles, but I'm really skinny and all this. Like my nickname was Starvin' Marvin. I don't know if anyone's watched South Park before, but that was my nickname, yeah. you know, uh, for a, a little bit of time. And um, 
what happened was I just started to eat a little bit more and I started to notice my muscles were filling out a little bit more. I still, still got no idea about nutrition at this point in time yeah. in my life. And as that's happening, even though I'm going up in the scale, I'm getting up to about 89 kilos, I'm looking better. My waist is starting to come down to a 32. So I'm like, okay, let's start reading. So start buying some books, okay? Um, I'm obviously training four or five times a week. And there were these really easy to read books on nutrition and weights and stuff. And I just started to read those, you know, start training chest and back together. If you really want to promote growth hormone and you really want to start, you know, building muscle. And if you want to cut, stick to, um, you know, doing isolations, do chest one day and then make sure you work out six times a week and only do 40 minute, 45 minute weight sessions kind of thing. Mm. So the leveling up started to occur just naturally. Yeah. I wanted to be better. And because I wanted to be better, I was just picking up the things that you need to read. But the real shift started to happen when I noticed a lot of the content was shallow. It was very, let's get people to buy our stuff and let's get people at the top of top, top. It was like top funnel stuff. That, that's mm. the best way I like to explain it. it. was They're trying to get you to just get the easy low hanging fruit, but they weren't giving you any real substance. Yeah. And that's when I decided, okay, no, I'll go become a personal trainer. So I went and I became a personal trainer instead. And that's when I started to learn more about the body mechanics. That's when I started to learn more about yoga, learn more about stretching, why stretching is so important after a workout. You know, I've gone now 12, 13 years without, well, I went 12 years without a significant injury. I'm going to talk about how I did my back in last year and how I'm still dealing with that issue afterwards. But I went 12 years without any significant injury because I learned about stretching, because I learned about body mechanics, because I learned about hot and cold um, th type therapies. I'm a massive fan of Wim Hof and cold showers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I learned all about that 12 years ago. You know, Wim Hof is ga gaining prevalence now and a lot of people are, oh, you've got to try this cold immersion. No, 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 I've been doing that for 10, 12 years. Like yeah. that's what you do to boost your testosterone. That's what you do to, you know, uh, have better muscle recovery. And because of that wanting to know or wanting to become the best, that's how I basically started to level up and started to learn that stuff. This Again, it seems like quite a natural um, inclination to personal development, right? Mm. All these things just started happening for you and you're taking the logical next step. But what was it? You, you, you said the first really positive thing you did for yourself was call your mates and be like, hey, guys, can I come to the gym with you? Were you at all interested in personal development? Were you thinking like that before then? Or was that the first time you remember kind of being fed up with yourself and thinking, no, I, I deserve better and can do better? I always had the inkling in my brain that I should be better. Um, the first real time was where I tested myself happened a few years before that. Um, I was in maths, okay? And mind you, I'm a horrible student at the time. And um, my teacher and I were having a conversation and, and, you know, finals are coming up. And he go, and I go to him, I'm going to come first. And I said as a joke. And he goes, no, you won't. And I go, no, I'm, I'm going to come first. I'm going to watch it. Mm. And the competitiveness starts coming up. And then he goes to me, how are you going to come first? You'll be getting like 50, 60s. Yeah. And I go, I go, I'll bet you something. He goes, all right, I'll bet you a can of Coke. Because there was an incentive on the other side of it. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to drink that can of Coke in front of everybody. And I got <laughs> excited. Yeah. Okay, first, I got like 98 out of 100. Yeah. Mind you, I'm a 50, 60 student before this. Okay, so 50s are my average. And he looks at me and he goes, why don't you do this all the time? I just, I just don't understand. 
Oh, you're not doing this? I couldn't be bothered. Yeah. That, that was the honest truth because of all the confidence issues and everything. But that was the first time that I really knew that I had something in me yeah. that I could do more. Then I've got an older brother who, you know, I'm the youngest of five. And my older brother is – every aspect he put himself in was he was successful. So he was, you know, he's won uh, strongman lifting competitions. Like he, he was 78 kilos, could bench 155 kilos. Like he, he was able to do that. Then you had me, this fat slob. Oh, I was the tall one. No, 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 no. I knew at that stage that like before that phone call, like I knew that there was already something in me because there was DNA. Yeah. I've got an older brother that's done this. I've got sisters who, you know, one of my sisters owns one of the largest wedding companies in Australia. I've got another sister who owns one of the best dress hire companies in Australia. My other sister owns a business to business company. Like it's just because of that, I, there was some sort of DNA. And people will say, oh, you're lucky you had that. And I'm like, well, no, 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 no. I went through the other shit before I realized I had that, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I'm still the youngest of five and still, you know, 131 kilos, still got all these other bullying issues and mental issues and stuff. Yeah. I still had to go through my stuff. But knowing that I had the DNA and knowing that I had all this abundance around me in the sense of I had other people I could go to for advice and they could teach me and they could take me through it. That's what kind of led me to believe, no, you can change. Yeah. You're able to go through it. And it's finding those resources. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I like that. Looking at what you have around you to draw inspiration. But I'm interested. You said, like, you obviously had this mental baggage. You went through uh, bullying at school. Obviously, you had low self-esteem. Have you done work? Obviously, you would have heard people talk about, like, healing, you know, in a child trauma or issues. Have you had to go through work oh. To, to, to... Oh, my God. Yes, of course I have. I think everybody should see a psychologist at least once a month. It's yeah. the you, – you have to take care of your brain. Your brain is a muscle, the same as a bicep is a muscle, the same as, you know, uh, your, your back has muscles in it, your lats are muscles, your chest, you've got pecs. The brain is a muscle and you need to take care of it. And you, you have to go through that healing. You have to reform your mind and realize – what that lesson or what that thing taught you. I wouldn't be who I am today if I didn't go through all that. If I wasn't the shortest kid in school, if I wasn't, you know, 131 kilos, if I wasn't bullied, I would not be where I am. My, one of my nicknames was Superman boobs, okay, because I had these double Ds that were out here, you know. Like I was a big boy. And me going through that pushed me. And going through that healing, understanding, no, 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 you needed that to become who you wanted to be is probably one of the best things in the world. Mm. I went through a um, I went through a breakup when I was 23 years old, 23, 24. And I will always say that that was the best thing that ever happened to me because that was that took me back to everything that 18 and before and I in that moment I still remember I had 66 cents in my bank account. I was at the gym and I'm doing I'm doing bicep curls, okay? So I've just paid off my gym membership. I've literally got – I still have got the screenshot somewhere in my phone, somewhere in the archive. I've got 66 cents in my bank account. I've got nothing. And I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I go, well, it's just you and you. And that was kind of the moment where I was just like, no one can take this away from you. No one can take hard work away from you. And that was the moment where I was just like, screw it. I'm going to go – I'm all in, okay? I'm all in on the personal development. I'm all in on fixing my brain. There's always – opportunity on the other side and you've just got to remind yourself of that there's light at the end of the tunnel if you work hard enough 
And <clears throat> there's something I really like that you said, and, and it's easier said than done. But when you've used this principle before, it's easy to then apply it. But if it's your first time, it's hard. Now, you were 130 kilos, feeling really shitty about yourself, but you realized you could be better than that. Yep. It's like people have these problems in their life of, let's say, there's going to be a lot. There's a lot of people out there that are extremely overweight that know they need to change, but they just can't. And they look at it like this thing that's just, it's their life. They've got to deal with it. There's no changing it. But if you can look at your challenges in life as a blessing, and I know that's very difficult, but like you said, if you didn't go through that, you wouldn't be yeah. the man you are today. Obviously, it's easy for you to say that now that you've gone so through it. So much easier. It's, uh, I'm, I'm, I've, I can tell people, hey, I've done this, yeah. you know, but th it's so hard for people to believe, but you just have to shut out the noise mm. and stay so focused on your goal that you will, you will end up achieving it. Because let me read a, a quote of yours because there'd be tons of people out there, I'm sure, feel the same. And, and this, this one's obviously about weight and, and, yep. and being overweight, but it applies. The principle will apply regardless of what limiting belief mm. you need to overcome, right? And that's what it is. It's a limiting belief, essentially. Uh, you said, <clears throat> uh, I, I live my life thinking I wasn't good enough or deserving of being healthy, both physically and mentally. Um, that I was, and th this is the part I'm talking about, that I was one of those that were cursed with being forced to be fat. Yep. So some people with, with their issues feel like they have no control. Mm. It's something forced upon them. But what's your advice to people in that situation? Because clearly it's even as hard as it does seem to take that action and change your life, you are in control, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Yoko Willink has a book called Extreme Ownership. I recommend everybody read it. And what extreme ownership is about is it's taking ownership of every single point of your life, okay? Even if it's a car accident or something along the lines of that that's happened right in front of you, you have to take ownership of that moment because you wouldn't be near that car accident if you didn't drive there or something along the lines of that. And once you take that ownership and realize, no, it's not DNA, it's not any of these things. It's because I didn't take ownership at the time and make the right actions. That's when you can start creating for yourself. Yeah. And that's when you could start removing those beliefs. So I had to take extreme ownership. And I didn't realize at the time when I was 18, okay, that I was taking extreme ownership of my health. I just thought I was going to the gym or anything and, you know, eating well. I, I was taking extreme ownership because I kind of sat there and realized no one's coming to save you. No one's coming to, you know – be Superman for you. There's no Clark Kent out there. You have to do this for yourself. There is no miracle that is going to come along and fix this for you. I could have at that point eaten the McDonald's and gone back into my old patterns. I could have straight away gone back into my old patterns, but I decided not to because that, that moment I took ownership of my life and I said, no, I need to take care of myself. Same thing in the gym. I had just gone through a breakup. Uh, I was feeling like shit. I had 66 cents in my bank account. I said, no, you need to take control of your life. You don't have 66 cents in your bank account because of someone else. You have 66 cents in your bank account because you've got bad spending habits. Mm. You're not, you know, going through these breakup issues or anything along the lines of that because of your ex-partner. You're going through them because of yourself. You didn't develop further. You didn't become a better person or you didn't level up. So I decided in that moment, I'm going to take care of me. Mm. And I think that's, what you've really got to realize and you've got to shut out the outside noise and get rid of the toxic things in your environment. I, I told you earlier, I was hanging out with people like what 
we used to go drink at parks and we used to smoke cigarettes and we used to hang out with poker machines. You can't be the successful person you want to be or you can't be the person that you want to be if you're hanging out at a pub every night and playing the pokies. It's just truth. Mm. I have never gone to the pub and gone into the pokey section and seen Elon Musk in the corner slapping away. Mm. I have never gone to, you know, the star and seen someone who at three in the morning who I consider like a – actually, though, that's a bad example. Cut that out. Um, <laughs> I have never gone to, you know, any other establishment like that and seen someone who I highly admire or anything along the lines of that, you know, just gambling their lives away or smoking cigarettes or, you know, just just being that kind of person. You have to take ownership. And if you want to achieve a goal, put that goal down and follow – other successful people because success leaves footprints. Okay, you want to be that person? Do what that person did. Did they sleep six hours a day? Make sure they woke up at 5 a.m. and did cardio, did yoga, did weights? Yes, so start doing that. And then remind yourself if you keep doing it, guess what's going to happen? You're going to end up being successful. You're going to get to a point where you say, oh, this is too hard. That's when you throw on a motivational video or you throw on a motivational mixtape of E.T., the hip-hop preacher, screaming at you saying, if you want it as bad as you want to breathe, that's when you're going to be successful. Yeah. It's an extremely powerful place to work from. And, and I've seen it change my life as well, just with everything, with business, with relationships, personal things. If you, if, and, and, and it's not easy. And I'll tell you the truth, bro. It's not always fun because no. it's, you, you're, you're to blame. Like, it is you. But if, if you realize you... Hold the keys to your own destiny, your own life. The quality of your life is if you live in if you're lucky enough to live in Australia, and you have a roof over your head, and you turn on the tap, and there's water, and there's at least some food in the cupboard. You have control if you want to take it. I absolutely love what you just said because I am obsessed with Australia. We live in a country that gives you Medicare. Yeah. That you know, if you're not doing it too well, the government pays you. You got you know tax benefits A and B and you know, you've got, uh, you've got opportunity here. Mm. I could walk on the street tomorrow and I could find myself a job that pays me $25 an hour and I could work 40 hours a week, start earning myself $1,000 a week. I, uh, anyway, I'm, we're yeah. in Newtown, yeah? yeah? There are 40 restaurants out there right now that I could go apply to. And guess what? I'll probably make some tips as well. Yeah. I love the fact that you just said that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing, man. And like, it's, it's the place you need to work from and it is uncomfortable and to, to, to put that on yourself, but I'm telling you, once you get used to living like that, mm. it's the only way to live because you realize, like I said, the keys to your life are in your pocket. Um, there's something I want to ask you about. You kind of alluded to it before, fighting all these uh, impulses and like quick dopamine fixes, you know, fast food, pokies, yeah. alcohol, whatever, right? You, you, you've, you've spoken about something before that I think is really interesting and it's really relevant um, for today's day and age, and it's becoming more and more, and I think we need to push against this more. But you talk about something alongside of fighting, like the battle against like convenience, like things are too yeah. easy. Talk to me about why taking the easy option and taking those quick dopamine hits. How how damaging is that for us? You know, leveling up and 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 chasing the goals and being the person we actually want to be because we're smashed with it every day. Yeah. It's in our face, and yeah. it's so easy to just oh, why would I work when I can just scroll on TikTok for half an hour? Self control is one of the best tools that you could ever have in your arsenal. And the reason for that is you have to remind yourself, what do you want? What do you truly want? Do you want to just hang out and, you know, just play video games? Do you want to 
um, you know, go and play the pokies. Do you want to have a, do you really want to have a cigarette? You ask 99% of smokers out there if they want to have their cigarette or they want to be a smoker, they will tell you, no, I wish I could quit. Okay. That's what a lot of them are going to tell you. What you need to do is you need to, I don't want to say extreme ownership again, because I've already touched on that. But what you need to be able to do is remind yourself of what the long-term goal is. Um, I've won a bodybuilding competition. Okay. And I want to, to be that guy that did it. Previously, I told myself, I'm going to be that guy that's cursed to be fat forever. You know? No. I'm going to be that, I'm going to be that story that people look to and go, that guy lost 100, that guy lost 51 kilos. Went from a high school loser to being a bodybuilding champion, to getting on stage spray tanned and beating out all these other guys that didn't have to be, that were never 131 kilos, that were never had to deal with morbid obesity, that don't have these fat cells floating around their body. Like, I don't know if anyone knows how biology works, but you never lose the fat cell. They just shrink. What ends up happening when they shrink is they can expand a lot faster than people that don't have really fat cells. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm, I've, I've got a lot more fat cells in my body than you do because I've been that morbidly obese person before. Yeah. And it's, I'm a lot more susceptible to putting on weight. Yeah. It's just fact mm -hmm. at the end of the day. I had to remind myself, no, I want that. I want that first place medal. Mm. I had to tell myself that. And I became that. And I, as I said, I, I had to block out all the noise. I deactivated Facebook. I deactivated Instagram. And then I started to look outside and, oh, my God, trees are green. I forgot about that. You know, yeah. it's, it's, you, have to do, you have to do the things that you want to do to achieve the things that you want to achieve. I'm not a smart person. I am very dumb, okay? I have made some very dumb decisions in my life, you know? Um, I don't want to get into the – I'll give you an example. 18 yeah. years old, we're all at McDonald's, <laughs> end of the night. There's an electrical box. We all start jumping off and landing in bushes, okay? I was sober. All my mates were drunk. Yeah. Okay, I was designated driver that night. But that's a dumb thing to do, okay? That's stupid. I, like, I've made some stupid decisions in my life. But what I've done is I've made sure that I've minimized those so I can maximize my, poten my potential down the road. Mm. And that's, that's just the truth. You've got to turn off the noise around you. No, I'm, I'm, I guarantee you, you deactivate Instagram tomorrow – Number one, three people are going to notice and they're going to message you. Hey, why would you deactivate Instagram? Oh, I just need some time to myself. Perfect. Yeah. With that extra time that you have, you'll notice your screen time because Apple sends you screen time notifications every single week will decrease dramatically. All of a sudden your screen time is decreasing. What are you doing with the rest of your time? You're being productive. You don't need to take selfie videos every day and tell people what you're up to. You don't need to you know, upload a photo, one photo a week. Just focus on what you want to do because – that long-term goal is worth getting rid of all those short-term commitments. And that's the thing. And, and <clears throat> it, to me, it always comes down to motivation. How bad do you want a certain thing? In my opinion, if you want something bad enough, mm. you will fight through the uncomfortable moments, the feelings of I'm not good enough to achieve this. I don't want to do it. I want to sleep in. I want to eat bad. Right. It's normal. Now, one thing – and this is as someone very privileged. I've, I've had a six pack my whole life, right? Yep. I'm not saying that's a fucking brag. <laughs> like I've had a six pack my whole life. And I, I have conversations with people and I don't mean this in a fucking derogatory way. I have my own weaknesses too. Yep. But I always say like, I don't understand from me living through my lens, how people that are like, like you were, can't make the choice mm. to turn their life around because 
there's obviously the whole uh, physical thing and how that affects your mental health. Mm. But just on a pure health basis, it is not good for you. You won't have a good quality of life and you likely won't live longer. So I just think, why don't, why don't, why don't you just change it? But then I realized, Dylan, you can't, not everyone thinks the way you, yeah. like you do. And, 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 and it's a very like individualistic way to think, but like I have my own weaknesses. Maybe things for me that were harder. It's like becoming a morning person, getting up early was something I fucking struggled yeah. with. Took me ages to be able to wake up early. Just snooze, 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 snooze. So that one example makes me realize, yeah, look, you, you can want things, but we all have these weaknesses, right? How did you get over that biggest weakness of yours? Because you, you said something a little bit controversial at the start and people will freak out, but you can say it. Right? I, I, I can't say it. You said, I'm a loser. And, and that's you taking that extreme ownership yeah. saying, no, look, re- honestly, I'm living the life of someone I deem a loser. Do I want to be that? No. How do you get that? How did you get that change? Because I imagine it was such a big Thing holding you back in life. I was so lucky that I experienced a pattern shift or a pattern break. Yeah, that that was my biggest luck. Experiencing a pattern break, where you are literally taken out of your routine, your normal one that you don't want to be a part of, and you're sh- thrust into a new routine. That was the biggest blessing I received. You know, I was taken away from McDonald's. I was taken away from a. I was taken away from all that stuff. So what happened there was I developed new habits and I developed a new routine. I was only overseas for five weeks. And the first three weeks was me going through fast food withdrawals. The last two weeks was, okay, I've lost a little bit of weight. We're still going out. We're still eating. Yeah. You know, it's not like you go overseas and you don't get to eat French fries. Like I was still eating that stuff. Don't get me wrong. But I just wasn't eating it as frequently. There wasn't that I'll jump in a car and go drive yeah. down to Maccas. That was my biggest experience going through a pattern shift and it's it's actually scientific but when you when you break your pattern and a new routine develops that's the best thing and this is why i touched on previously saying you've got to train your mind you've got to treat your your brain as a muscle yeah because if you sit there and you don't try and train it what ends up happening is it will just fall into these patterns that's why speaking to a psychologist is good or speaking to a life coach is good because they will assist you Mm. in achieving those pattern breaks without going through the physical. So I told you previously, I went through that breakup and 66 cents in my bank account, everything. I would then go on a holiday, then have the money to. I was, you know, working as an Uber driver at the time. Like I was, these are the things that I was doing to be able to make ends meet. But what I was spending my money on or what I started to invest in was my brain. And that was by seeing a psychologist and seeing a life coach at the same time. At the same time, I'm seeing two different people but what they ended up doing was they ended up creating the pattern shift in my brain where instead of me sitting there and going, what was me? It was like, no, I'm going to go get jacked. I'm going to go take care of myself. I'm going to go become something that I've always wanted to become. Mm. And that I think is the biggest thing. When you experience a pattern shift and you take yourself through it, that will be the best thing that you can go through your life. Mm. I, I want to touch on something very, very quickly. Um, and this will take three sessions for you to change your life completely. I am a big fan of hypnosis. Okay. So I'm 25 years old at this point. Okay. So I just want to take you through another part. I've, I've gone through the body of transformation. I'm still going out a little bit too much. and still drinking a bit too much. Okay. That's, I started to fall back into that part pattern around about 24 and a half years old, 25 years old. Okay. Went on a Euro trip. What do you do when you're in Europe? You just drink every night and you go party. 
come back to Australia, still chasing that high and stuff. And uh, it was my birthday. It was my 25th birthday. Uh, we get home, you know, we had a massive night and I'm laying down in bed and I wake up, the first thing I do is grab a pack. Of, I'm still smoking at the stage. So I'm, I was a pack a day smoker until I was 28 years old, okay? I grab a pack of cigarettes and I go and I, I, I go have a cigarette on my balcony. Um, I, I still can't believe I used to be a smoker. I like, I'm, I'm just, it, it just plays with my brain. And I said to myself, I go, you're going to end up in that hole in the ground. You're going to die. I am going to die. Everything is going to be black and I don't know what's on the other side of it. You know, I'm, I'm, I wear my cross. I'm a big believer in Jesus. You know, I'm massive energy person, but no one knows. That's the truth of it. Mm. So I thought to myself, I'm going to do everything in my power until I am in that hole in the ground to make sure I have the best life that I ever have. That's why no one got hypnosis done. So getting the hypnosis done was another pattern shift because a lot of people don't realize that <coughs> hypnosis isn't, um, no, no, no. It's an actual, a lot of psychologists and a lot of psychotherapists use hypnosis. And what ended up happening is I walked into the hypnotherapist's office, a pack a day smoker. I walked out and I never touched a cigarette again. I can't go near them. I can't stand the smell of them. I can't, I, I can't imagine anything. You, you know, they cause cancer. They shorten your lifespan. They cause heart issues. They cause all these things. Why are we spending, why was I spending $40 a packet of cigarettes? Yeah. Why was I doing this? It was stupid. It was idiocy. I'm sp and I'm doing a packet a day. It's 280 bucks a week. I ended up saving that money, $15,000. And I ended up, you know, that, that was a house deposit for me at the time. And I went and bought something in Tasmania. We'll touch on that later. But that's when I was like, no, I'm going to die. I want to be here as for as long as possible and I want to make sure that I achieve everything that I want to achieve before I die. And that was, the, that was one of the tools that I used as well for a big pattern. And, and what, is it, what does it involve? Like if someone wants, wants to give uh, hypnosis a try, you yep. said three sessions can change your life. What, is, what does so it involve? So I went and I saw Dr. Tracy O'Keefe. She's down in uh, Surrey Hills. Okay, so she's just across the road from Central Station. And um, basically she asked me what – what do you want to achieve? And the first time I saw her, so I've seen it twice now, just let you know. Yeah. Um, but the first time I saw her, I, it was, I, t I said to her, I, I never want, why, why am I buying this product that's killing me? It's the stupidest thing I've ever done. I, I, need, I need a pattern break and I don't want to have this feeling that I'm held to anything anymore or I'm, you know, something is in control of me. She goes, done. She puts me under, okay. You're in that state. Do you know when you just, before you fall asleep and yeah. you're in that, little bit of a woozy state. That's the state you're in when yeah. like they finally get you under. And then it's like alpha state. I, I don't know what it's called. Yeah. Um, you know, I wish I did, mm. but yeah, she puts me in this weird brain area and then I walked down. I never touched a cigarette again, threw away a packet of cigarettes. And then she gives you a tape. You listen to it every night before you go to bed, you listen to it first thing in the morning. You go, I went to my next session. I only did two sessions actually to stop, uh, to become a non-smoker. Um, and then this, by the second session, she put me under one more time. Bang. That was it. Wow. It's, it's unbelievable. And then I saw her a second time. Do you want me to tell you the second yeah, time? Okay. 100%. So what? So I touched on something a little bit earlier where I said I had never been injured for the first 12 years. What happened last year? COVID lockdowns. And I have to start training at home. When you train at home, you're a lot lazier than when you're in the gym. You're not dedicating time to stretching. You're not dedicating time to warm Warming up. up properly, yeah. you're, not, you're not doing anything. Smart. I had the weights. I had 200 kilos in plates at home. I've got dumbbells, one to 40 kilos. You know, I've, I've got everything set up because I used to be a personal trainer. 
I wasn't warming up properly. And I'm grabbing these deadlift bars and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be a hero. I'm going to go deadlift. And I think, I think I had 180 kilos on the bar and then I felt this twitch. I was like, that ain't good. I ended up spraining my SI joint. I ended up uh, doing the T8 in my back and the S5. I, I don't know what they're called. Yeah, Some, yeah. You know, done my back in, pelvic tilt, all these kinds of things. And um, because of that, I couldn't train anymore. We're going through COVID lockdown. What well, ended up happening again? I ended up binge eating again. Okay. So no matter what, this is one thing I'm going to tell my the listeners, yeah. my listeners, your listeners, sorry. I'm yeah. so used to hosting my own podcast. Um, this is what I'm going to tell the listeners. No matter what, you can still fall off the rails. So I'm 30 and a half years old and I've started the binge eating again. I'm, you know, eating the French fries because I'm in this pain yeah. in my lower back. I can't go do yoga classes. I can't go to a gym properly or anything. What do I do? Oh, drive through Max is still open. Yeah, I'll go get some chips. I'll go get something like that. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I was starting to binge eat again. So what happened with McDonald's only being once every two days or once every three days, and then I've been daily and then twice a day again, you know, so I can fall back into those old habits. These are things that you constantly have to just, I'm not going to say you have to constantly work on, but just be aware of. Okay. Because if you say work on, you scare people and like, I don't want to work on that forever. Yeah. I just had to be aware of it. And then, but what, what I want to ask you in that headspace, you said, I didn't almost didn't even realize, but I fell back into it. Cause I, what, is there a part of you that maybe you're pushing down because everything else is so hard. Is there a part of you that, because you've gone through this before and you realize, uh, like, you know, you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Last time you, of course, you know, that you're doing the wrong thing, but now you really know all the reasons why you shouldn't be doing it. You've, you've gone through this amazing and transformation. Going for it. Is, is there part of you inside that's like, I, I really shouldn't be doing this? Or when you got the pain, the lockdowns, were you just like, you could, that part was just quieted down so much. Hey, the, the lockdowns kind of accelerated the fact of, oh, people aren't seeing me anyways. Uh, okay. So I was like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Yeah. I'm just going to eat it. Like I'm in pain. I may as well just like eat the McDonald's or I might as well just eat the KFC. And I'll just let you know now, I still like my burgers and chips. I'm, I will never not love my burgers and chips, but you have to have moderation, moderation. too. Um, but what ended up happening is that it wasn't so much the noise had quieted down. It was the fact that I knew I had – lost the weight before so i knew i could do it again yeah yeah so i started to get a bit cocky and, <laughs> and this is yeah. why you always got to keep your ego in check too yeah you got to make sure that you're speaking to that psychologist or you're speaking to that yeah. life coach because they, they'll put you back in check yeah and when you're running your own business and you know you're 31 years old and your parents have retired and stuff you don't have people telling you what to do so much anymore this is why it's always good to have a mentor too so we get out of lockdowns and we're going to the beach and I've got these love handles going, oh, shit. Mm. But the problem is I can't train anymore. Yeah. I've still got these injuries. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, I need to improve myself. So I go see doctors. Start, the back starts getting better. But the weight still is – so I get back to 105 kilos. Okay, so mind you, I am usually walk around at about 91. If I want to be lean, I'm about 88. You know, right now I'm walking at about 86, 88. I'm 105 kilos. And I sat there and I just had this brain snap and I go, wait a second. You saw Tracy about becoming a non-smoker. Why didn't you see her for binge eating? Yeah. I walked in, eating McDonald's three or four times a day and I walked out and all of a sudden my calories were in control and I didn't feel the need to go and binge eat again. Mm. 
And this is why I say pattern shift is a big thing. Hypnotherapy is a huge thing. You know, if you uh, have you ever listened to Andrew Huberman? The, uh, a little bit, yeah. I yeah. love him. He has a whole two and a half ep hour episode on hypnotherapy and the benefits of hypnotherapy. I think it's one of the best things in the world because it's happened for me twice now. And in the span of 10 weeks, I lost 20 kilos. Obviously, there was exercise. Obviously, I was doing a lot of yoga and, yeah. you know, everything in my back was better at that point. But that's why I'm such a big advocate yeah. for hypnotherapy and pattern breaking. Oh, man. Of things. <laughs> we, through, through martial arts, we're doing uh, kung fu for almost about six and a half years now. Um, and it's a part of our training, man. When, yeah. when you get up to black belt, and we start learning more of the internal arts and, and how to improve your life. Because the head of our school, he's, he's, been, he's been the head of the school for like 40, 45 years. Yeah. He's been doing it for a long time. But we're very blessed in the fact that also he, not only is he like the best kung fu grandmaster in Australia, and that's not an exaggeration, but also his day job is he's a, a psychologist. Yeah. And, and, and he's had a lot of experience. He's done both ends of the spectrum. He's done a lot of government work and disability work, helping people with the biggest problems. And then more recently, the last probably 10, 15 years, I'm not sure of ex exactly the timelines, he, he's a, a high-performance high psychologist working with business people and athletes. So we really get a lot of these tips from both ends of the spectrum. If you're rel relatively achieving quite a high stand and you need to push and get that growth versus if you're down in the dumps and you completely need these rewirings to re reframe how you think. Mm. So we get a lot of that. One of the tools we use, and that's why I asked before, did you do it? Do you get put yourself like put into an alpha state? We put ourselves in an alpha state. There's uh, some exercises we do. Essentially, it's just you're not completely yeah. as as you would be in a psychologist's office, but you you relax yourself down to that state. And we do self hypnosis quite a lot. I love that. Uh, and we do the same thing. Fifteen minutes before you go to bed, you, you have depend your 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 script depending on yeah. what it is you're trying to improve in your life. Um, you you record and you play it over in, in your head and you listen to it for fifteen minutes before you go to bed, and you can. Ch literally change anything in your life, right? Can you introduce me to this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love high performance coaches like yeah, this. So yeah, yeah I'm very oh, interested. <laughs> he's um, yeah, he's my biggest mentor in in, in life for yeah. sure. I'm so lucky and stumbled across um that place, and it completely changed my yeah. my life. And he's just like old school in the sense, like like what you were saying. There's no excuses. Extreme ownership. You know what I mean? Like you can achieve what you want. Like, and, and it's actually not that hard. Yeah. If you have the right mentors and people in your life showing you the way forward, it actually isn't that hard. It's when you don't know where to go for the information or you don't have the people around you, it can seem like, fuck, I'm never going to figure my way out of this hole. Success leaves footprints. That's yes. what I always say. There's, there's always people that you can grab off, become a thief. Mm. Okay. Elon Musk, I don't know if you've ever read his book or his autobiography, but uh, when they first built PayPal, so a lot of people don't know PayPal was actually invented by Elon Musk, okay? When he first did that, he was driven to the point where he was sleeping in his office, he was working, etc. I read that and I was like, well, if Elon Musk can do it, why can't I? Mm. And that's why I kind of like grabbing from other people. It's just yeah. like, no, 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 learn what the others have done. Yeah. You don't have to do everything on your own. Yeah. This world has been here for six billion years. I don't know how many, but like, and people have existed for generations before us. Mm. Learn from them. Don't be arrogant about it. You know, I've had people come up to me. Oh, no, no, no. I know how to lose weight. Okay, cool. I, I lost 51 kilos and won a bodybuilding competition. You can go do it. And yeah. I know you haven't gotten results before, or you can listen to me. Yeah. And I can guide you through what I've done. Yeah. That's, it's just, it's just simple. It's the biggest cheat code yeah. in life, man. Like, and that's the thing, like everyone, oh, I want to be self-made. Yeah. Like, bro, who cares? How you, like, you just want to transform your life as quick as you can. Yeah, that's I'll it. tell you, man, that, that's what you should be focusing on. And, and, and it can be, it, it's so good to hear someone, um, in, in your position as well, doing good in life and business. 
and still, because sometimes ego, like you said, can really take a hold and like, yeah. oh, I'm already successful. I don't need to see a psychologist or a life coach. Like, why would I mm. listen to someone else? But regardless of where you are, there's value in it. Like, yep. you're never going to have the clearest perspective on your own life because you're too close to it. Sometimes you need someone looking in from the outside that can just give you, doesn't even have to tell you what to do. They can just ask you the right questions and get you to to That's realize where, where you're lacking in life or where you can be better. That's all it is. And I, I just want to go into the business side. Mm. Um, I, I recently brought on a mentor for myself uh, for business. Mm. Okay. Just strictly, I see them once a month and we just discuss what I'm doing within my business. I'll tell him everything and then he'll turn around and say, what about this? It's just, it's the smallest thing. Yeah. But that's what he gets paid for. Yeah. To make me realize I need to do this, move two millimeters to the right, and that's when I'm going to hit my target, not keep going this way. Yeah. And yeah. That's what they do. Just yeah. grab a hold of what you can. So on the business, talk to me about the timeline. When, because like you said before in, in, in school, you're a bad student, didn't really care too much. You didn't feel like you, you were smart so, so much. But obviously now, looking at your, your history, doing like 20 million in billables in your first month at Macquarie or something like that. You're obviously quite switched on and quite mm. smart financially. When did you decide, like when did you get the idea to pull the trigger and create your own uh, uh, firm? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, you guys are going to enjoy this story. Um, I was in Madrid, mm. okay, and uh, I was on a holiday with my, uh, with my friends. When I was, was on a trip. I was 23. Three years old at the yeah. time, okay? So, obviously, there's a lot of jumping moments in my oh, story, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. And this is why I always say, like, it's always up and down. It's not linear. <laughs> you don't go, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this and then go linear. No, no, no. Yeah. Like, peop, like I, I, I will still get drunk and, I, you know, I will still have my times. Um, I had a really messy night in Madrid. Really messy night. Like, and I'm getting home and, you know, just the, the boys are all hanging out and, we were smoking something that wasn't tobacco and I'm just going to leave it like that. You know, we're passing a, uh, screw it. We're passing a joint around. Yeah. And, um, eight years ago, mind you. And, uh, in Madrid, mind you. In Madrid as well. You know, I'm on holidays and, um, we're going to bed. It's three in the morning and it was another moment of realization, you know? So I've had, I've told you a few of these moments in my life, but I'm laying there and I'm like, I'm a personal trainer at this stage. you're here there's no residual income you're not doing anything for yourself where you know you're gonna have to go home and you're gonna have to work those 10 hour days again you're gonna have to work those 12 hour days again earning like you know i'm still earning good money as a personal trainer but i'm not earning as much as i know my potential can yeah and i'm sitting there and i'm going well what were you good at at school and i remembered back to that exam where i was like oh i was good at maths Mm. Uh, just problem solving i was good and Wolf of Wall Street had just come out. And I was like, I like finance. Yeah. I like the stock market. Okay, let's see economics and maths. Mm-hmm. Literally. So I'm in Madrid, 2013. You know, we had just smoked the J. And I grab my laptop. I log on and I, um, I register for uni. In Madrid. In Madrid. Wow. And so we all wake up the next morning and all the boys are having a laugh. And they're going, oh, so like, what did you do? Oh, I ate this. Oh, I did that. Joe, what did you do? Uh, I, I registered for uni. And they go, what? And I go, yeah, I applied for uh, a double degree in economics and mathematics and uh, I think I got accepted as a mature age student because <laughs> like, it was just auto-generated that yeah. I was born in 91, provided them and, you know, yeah, I got yeah, accepted. Yeah. And they were just looking at me and they're like, there's something wrong with that bloke. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah. And it was a big shift because, you know, you're working full time and you're earning X amount of dollars and everything. And then all of a sudden you jump straight into a uni degree. Like that's when 
few things had to happen. But um, when I propelled myself, when I got into uni, I still remember in high school, I had a really shit teacher and I will name him. His name was Mr. Bishop. Okay. Hey, this guy was the worst guy of confidence in the world. Um, I used to ask him questions because I, I knew I was good at maths. I knew I was bloody good at it. Okay. And if you know something, believe it as well. Trust your gut. And he used to say the most demotivating things to me. He used to say, you belong in general, like general mathematics. Mind you, I'm getting like 100% in every general yeah. mathematics test. I should be in two unit. I should be in three unit. He did a question and the square root answer ended up being square root of minus one. And he goes, that doesn't exist. And I go, no, it does exist. Square root of minus one equals I. And he goes, oh, that's something that somebody in general would say. And I'm like, what? Like he used to say these demotivating things to me. We are definitely running over an hour. Nah, it's um, and I still remember I went into that maths degree. And by week three, I had this fantastic, fantastic teacher, Bill. He, Bill Franzen, he and I were sitting there and he got me to start teaching the class in the third week of uni. So the third week of uni, I'm up lecturing and explaining to people how matrices and matrices work and going through these things. And I'm like, I, I can do this. Yeah, I can do this. And it was just having somebody believe in me. Like just for the first time in my life, somebody actually believed in me for my academic skills. Like yeah. I was not a good student yeah. and having that. And now I've got the same qualifications, mind you, as Mr. Bishop does. So screw that guy. Yeah. Um, even more qualifications than what he does. But it was just having somebody say, no, Joe, like yeah. you can do this. And then going through that. So once that happens and I started Macquarie, mind you, I should have been fired the first three weeks I was at Macquarie. I made so many mistakes. And I wasn't <laughs> listening properly and all that stuff. But then going in there and then, growing my own business within the business where, you know, I had the deputy director sitting me down within four months and being like, what are you doing with your clients and why do they love talking to you so much? And then I had my manager come over and she goes, you're such an asset to the team because you bring this positive energy and you're always happy and you're always excited to be here. And then I just kind of realized, okay, maybe this is something that you can build for yourself. Now, a few things happen in the way, you know, my dad has a heart attack and we, this is a whole other podcast episode and I had to jump into the family business, all that stuff. But um, it was around 2019 and the 2019, 2020, where I was like, I still have people calling me up for finance. I still have people calling me up and asking me for advice. And I'm just like, screw it, I'm going to turn this into a business. Yeah. And then COVID hits and I'm like, all right, screw it. Like we got to help people with their money now. Like yeah. it's, we have so many people that are just knocking on our door being like, I don't know what to do. I've got 10 bucks in my bank account. I've got a mortgage to pay and I've just got sent home from work because we can't operate. Mm. That's when I was like, okay, we've got to turn this into an actual business and we've got to make finance simple for people. Mm. That's why I've started the Home Loan University. That's why I've started all these things because I'm a strong believer that every single person in Australia deserves to be wealthy. We live in a country that is so abundant and there's so many resources and there's so many things that we could tap into. But I feel like people have been dejected by life and they also haven't been instructed properly. We don't, we, we don't take, there's no classes at school for home loans. Yeah, there's no financial literacy talk in school at all. At all. At all. Exactly. Mate. So that's where I'm just like, no, I'm going to do this. Mm. And because of the weight loss stuff before, and I'm like, no, I'm going to do this. I'm, I've done it before. I can do it again. Because I went into Macquarie, everyone around me in my team was 19 years old, 21 years old. I'm 27 years old. 
okay, and I'm one of like I'm in a junior position. I'm like, no, I'm going to accelerate myself forward, yeah. and I told myself that. No, I'm going to win a bodybuilding competition. Like because I've done all that previously, I was like, no, I can start a business, and I can build something substantial where people go to it and they learn and they're so educated that they can make such good decisions for themselves at the end of the process. And that's what I wanted to do with my firm. I wanted to bring something to the table and I wanted to be able to instruct people that, hey, you want a home? You want to build wealth for yourself? Here's all the opportunity that you have at your front doorstep and this is how I'm going to guide you to do it. Why, why isn't this stuff taught in schools? Like what's, what's your thought on that? We've accelerated so fast, the schools haven't been able to catch up. Mm. It takes a four or five year degree to become a teacher. If I got my degree in 2018 in uh, computer software, digital management, it would be almost redundant in 2022, 2023, um, mainly because things change so fit rapidly. My brother was a software engineer. Uh, graduated with first honors he doesn't know a thing about the software like he can still code mm. he can still read code but you know they use sql they use html there's so many different things that they use yeah um and the thing about school is is maths doesn't change so maths is easy to teach history doesn't change because history is written in our books and you know who won world war one who won world war two what did the minds do? There's not, there's not many shifts. Geography it doesn't barely changes. You know, we understand Russia's changing their borders a little bit every time they edge closer into Ukraine, um, but that doesn't change too much. So, school is very they 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 try not to deviate because it's worked in the past for them. They need to start teaching financial literacy, mm. even if it's a once a month thing or even if it's a unit, something along to, to be able to assist kids, and it should be something that is a core unit, you need, people, people need to have financial, or, or they, they will end up in situations where they're 50 years old and they are starting to just look for their first time. They need to be taught how to save from a younger age. People need to be taught how bad credit cards are between the age of 15 to 18 because you get a credit card, they're one of the easiest things to get they give you $5,000 to spend immediately and you're 18 years old. What are you going to go do? You're going to go buy drinks. You're going to go buy clothes. You're going to go get excited. And after six weeks of not paying off your credit card, yeah, I'll do it later. Yeah. If you're a procrastinator, yeah, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. What happens? You get smacked with this 22% interest. So if you spent $1,000, you now owe $1,220. Uh, $1, That's a lot of money. Yeah. $220 just for spending. So why isn't finance taught at school? Because it's, it's too hard for them to change. The, the, the schooling system is built on a curriculum that has existed for the last 50 years. Yep. Do I believe we need school? Yes. I'm not going to be one of those people that are like, no, we don't need school. And, you know, yeah. go on YouTube. You can learn everything there. No, no, no. You need school because school teaches you discipline. But they desperately need to bring something in. Well, to be able they, to I don't know if you saw recently. I think it kicks in in a few years. But they're making uh, mathematics uh, compulsory all the way up to year 12 for students. In Thank God. Levels. Thank God they got rid of it. I think they got rid of it just before I graduated, around 2005. Yeah. And now we have, I'm not going to lie, so many jobs in Australia that require you to know maths mm. and so many people that can't apply for them because they were told, oh, no, you don't need maths after school. No, yeah. you damn straight you need maths after school. Maths is problem solving. Learn it. Yeah. <laughs>
Well, I'll tell you where they lost me, man, because I, I, I picked my subjects around not doing maths. I was the opposite to you in that year, or seven, eight, nine, and 10, smash maths. Yeah. Top, like 98%. Then I get to year 11 and 12 and they start adding uh, shapes and letters and my brain doesn't compute yeah. the same way. So I was out. But like, bro, they should be, like you said, just a, if they're going to make it compulsory, make it useful stuff that people are actually going to need to use in their life. Taxation, home loans, credit cards, these basic things. Because people don't know. And, and actually, one of the things I did want to ask you is about Homeland University. So I'm glad you brought it up. What's, what's some of the information, like what's some of the, like the, the most crucial pieces of information or things that or concepts that people need to understand if they're considering getting into the property market in the next, next few years? Like what's the core things? My favorite thing is understanding the market and where you can make money. So uh, one of our core units is property investment. Now, with property investment, and th this is th – thank you for touching on this. So Home Loan University is built on the concept of teaching people how to build up their own property portfolios that they can be proud of because in Australia, property jumps like crazy. Like we've seen recently in Sydney, they went up 30%, 46%. Even though they've come down a little bit, they've gone down 6%. Yeah. They still jumped up 40% previously. Um, what I love about the property investment unit part of the home loan university. So I built them out in units and I consider myself a lecturer. It's, it's kind of cute. It's my own little thing. Um, but what, what, that, that particular unit, what we do is we show people where you can still buy and where you can still make money. I touched on something previously about Tasmania. Tasmania, in, just outside of Launceston, there's a little suburb called Invermay. Okay. Invermay's houses were previously uh, $150,000. Okay. So to be able to purchase a property down there, you needed a $30,000 deposit. That's 20%. A lot less than what you need in Sydney. True? True. <laughs> Ridiculously yeah. less. Ridiculously less. Okay. But this, this, is all, this all happened in 2016. And yeah. I've got a Facebook status that tells people, go buy in Tasmania. Nobody wanted to listen to me back yeah. in 2016. I'm just going to put that out there. I've got the screenshot. Um, why I bought there was because in Tasmania, what they have is – regional CBDs or rural CBDs, okay? And if you are a Chinese uh, national coming to Australia on a student visa and you want to live in New South Wales and then you want to become a permanent resident afterwards, you have to go rural. What's rural to New South Wales or rural to Sydney is an hour and a half, two hours out. Same as Queensland with Brisbane, same with, but with Tasmania. Hobart and Launceston are both considered rural CBDs. So... Where do you go for your two hour, for your nine months of placement or two years of placement after you finish university because you have to work rurally? You're six minutes out of town. Mm. So what ended up happening is we ended up having a massive Chinese migration going to Tasmania. And a lot of people didn't know about this. Yeah. And property prices started to climb a little bit. They were starting to tap up, tap up, tap up in rental prices. And somebody had just told me this knowledge. So whenever somebody gives you like a little bit of a tidbit or an ad lib of information, take it and just see what happens. Just do a little bit of research on it. That's something that I always advocate for. And I found this little suburb outside of Inverme, outside of Launceston called Invermay. And Launceston was doing a massive upgrade of their university. So I'm sitting there, I'm going to myself, hold on. If they're doing a massive upgrade of their university and we have all these Chinese students that are coming to Australia because they can get a permanent residency a lot faster in Tasmania than what they can in New South Wales, let's see what happens with property down there. So I had to save my 10% deposit. Had to pay the lender's mortgage insurance, had to pay the stamp duty, everything along the lines of that. But I bought a house. The reason why I bought a house is with land and with a house, what ends up happening is there's always development potential and 
people always want to build duplexes, townhouses, because they can get more dwellings out of it, more income out of it. I bought the house for $150,000 and I sold it a year and a half later for $375,000. Wow. So that is about a $275,000 profit. But people think it's a profit from the $150,000. No. My initial investment was about eighteen grand after lenders, mortgage insurance and everything. My initial investment was $15,000. Yeah. Okay. So my $15,000 turned into $175,000 in 15 months. That's pretty big. So that's what the property investment unit teaches. Where to find properties that are positively geared. So they're paying off your home loan for you, but have the potential to jump up massively in capital gain. And people always look at the big ticket ones. I want to buy in Sydney because if I buy in Sydney, I'll buy something for a million dollars and then I will sell it for $1.3 million in a few years. Mm. Okay, that's fantastic. But you still have to save $150,000 or $200,000 deposit. Yeah. I'm giving you – to make you have to save that $200,000 deposit to, sa- to make that $300,000, okay? I'm giving you tips on how to save $15,000 and make yourself $100,000 later. Mm. And that's what I love about Home Loan University. We have – those particular things we teach people, hey, these are the areas that you can buy in and have the potential to grow in one to two years. And this isn't based on hopes and dreams. No, no, no. This is based on infrastructure. So as I said with Launceston, they had just did a massive upgrade to their university. They had done, um, you know, more roadworks. There was a lot more people coming in. And they had they were poised for population growth. Right now in Sydney, so this is going to be one of the videos that I cover soon, is – Anthony Albanese has recently said that he wants to increase our net migration by about 2 million people over the next four years. It's a huge amount of people. They've also halved the amount of development applications that are being processed in Sydney. So we're going to have all these extra people and 50% less properties. What's going to happen with property? It's just going to boom up. And then people say to themselves, oh, no, property boom won't go up. Property won't go up. Again, it's gone down. It's crashing. It's crashing. Warren Buffett has a famous quote. I might be ad-libbing here. I might be saying it wrong. But be greedy when others are fearful and be fearful when others are greedy. So last year I'm jumping in cabs and people are telling me, what's going on with the crypto market? You know, how do I invest in crypto? The first thing I did was sold all my crypto because I was like, nope. Okay. <laughs> There's too many people in it now and it's overinflated. Yeah. Right now, the opposite is happening with property. So many people are scared. What do I do? I shouldn't buy property. I'm going to stay away from property. No, no, no. Now's the time when you get the property cheap. This is when it's cheap. And in a couple of years' time, when everybody's going over, because it all works in cycles. In a couple of years' time, everyone's going to say, oh, I should have bought two years ago when everything was cheap. Now it's bloody gone up and now I can't buy anything. No, no, no. Now is when you get the opportunity. Yeah. And what we do is we teach people, first of all, how to purchase with as little as a deposit as possible. So we've got videos on 2% deposits, 5% deposits, 10, 15. And then we also teach them, hey, these are potential places that you could purchase in. So we do suburb reports. We go through all those types of things as well. Then we explain other taxation things or we go into, you know, what's negative gearing? Negative gearing has such a bad connotation to it. It's got the word negative in it. Why would I want to use negative gearing? Negative gearing is actually one of the better things you could do as a property investor because you're offsetting a lot of tax. Advice is general in knowledge. But um, that's one of the things that we like to teach with Home Loan University. Yeah. And these little areas or pockets of opportunity, are, do they always exist? Are they always areas that you can find with this? Australia has the same land mass, well, almost the same land mass as the United States of America. 
with I think about one twentieth of the population. We also have better healthcare, we have better infrastructure, we have better public transportation, and we have better weather. People always want to move to Australia. Once they get here, people do not leave. I know so many people that Canadian, they permanently live in Australia. French permanently live in Australia. And the reason why is you go to Bondi. Is there anywhere better in the world than Bondi? You're on the beach. There's beautiful bars. There's beautiful restaurants. There's all these amazing things. Yeah, it's a bit hard to get around. Who cares? Yeah. Okay, but when you're able to go swimming in the middle of winter because you've got a 20-degree day, go live in winter in Detroit, Michigan. I still remember being in Detroit, Michigan. It was minus 21 degrees. With wind chill, it was minus 37. Go, go do that and then tell me like, oh, yeah, City's a crap place to live. No, it's an amazing place to live. And that's why we have so many people moving to Australia because the weather, the job opportunities that exist here, and the healthcare and resources. We've got some of the best schooling as well. So Homeland University, is it all on YouTube or is there some on YouTube and some on a separate platform? It's all on YouTube. All on YouTube. Uh, it might end up going to a separate platform. But right now, at this moment, it is all on YouTube. And the reason for that is I just... I'm, I'm a strong believer that everybody should have a strong port property portfolio. Yeah. Okay. Everybody deserves to make money. Yeah. Everybody deserves it. Okay. All my stuff is free uh, at the moment. I don't know if we're ever going to charge for it, but if you want to go look at our stuff, go look at it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I want to look at it, man. Cause it's something that obviously are in this place, but like I've, I've completely slept on. Like I understand the, op the opportunity is massive, but it's like, for me, it's, I don't like doing anything unless I, um, have enough time to do the proper research, yeah. right? Hence why I didn't go that much into crypto because like I did and, and you know, at the time I fuck it and then obviously lost a bit of money yeah. in crypto and made a little bit of money in NFTs and stuff. But like, I don't like doing something unless I, I, I feel empowered enough to make an educated decision. So the fact that this resources is there, how many videos you reckon are on the channel now? I think I'm we're up to about 40. I need to check them out, man. And, and I really recommend it because I'm thinking, oh, I, I'm not going to buy again in Sydney right now. I don't have a night like, because if, if I'm looking at, do I have a lot of time to do research right now in this, this season of my life? No, next year, yes. But right now, no. That's if I want to make another, you know, million, $1.5 million investment. But if there's opportunities out there to find places for a, a fraction of the price of Sydney, it just made me think, man, fuck, I need to take this opportunity where people are being fearful. And one place of opportunity right now that I can name, uh, look at a suburb called Bradbury, just outside of Campbelltown. One thing I'm going to teach you all about investments. You never see your investment. You never do. People are like, oh, I want to drive past and see it. No, you don't have time. You just want to make sure your investment is making money for you, okay? Bradbury, you can still get houses, property, and land there, relatively cheap, but they're positively geared. But because it's a suburb around Sydney, it's poised to shoot up. So Campbelltown itself, and I, I can just give you all the trends. Campbelltown itself has grown year on year about 18%. Would you not like to invest your money and then see your property grow 18% year on year? And that's not including like, you know, the potential capital gain that you can make. So for example, 20, uh, let's say uh, you have a 5% deposit. We get you using the FHLDS. Yep. Okay. You move into that property. You move into the property. You've used a $25,000 deposit for a $500,000 property. Okay. A year later, you potentially, you know, move somewhere else, something along the lines of that. You rent that property out. It's positively geared. And then all of a sudden that property jumps to six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars in two years' time. Your initial twenty-five thousand dollar investment 
has become $200,000. You don't have to pay the capital gains tax on it because you've lived in the property as well. All of a sudden, you've got an extra $200,000 in your back pocket. Wouldn't you want that for yourself in two years' time? That's what we teach. That's and, power. And, and, and that's, that's just a suburb in Sydney that yeah. a lot of people don't know about. That's the thing. Knowledge is power. You, you, you've seen, I'm sure you would have seen the articles that I've definitely read them. Um, you, you see them pop up a few times a year, like how someone that was earning, you know, $60,000 a year, you know, and now has 20 properties because they're doing things like this. Mm. They're looking for the opportunities and making their money work for them in a really smart and efficient way, which is something that I know I'm not educated enough. People need to educate themselves, particularly if you don't have a lot of money, that's the way out. Educating yourself about the things that you should be doing to change that situation. Now, I, I mentioned this briefly at the start. I want to get your thoughts on the current situation in Australia. Obviously, again, a couple of days ago, uh, it's another 2.5% interest rate hike. Um, that's how much has it gone up in the last yeah. six months? Like fucking, it's gone up like five times once it's a month. It's gone much. up. It was originally 0.10. It has officially gone off 2.75%. So it's at 2.85%. So yeah. that's the reserve bank's overnight cash rate. Mm -hmm. They've par obviously passed on the interest rates to us. Yep. So if your interest rate was previously around two, it's around 4.855% now. Massive change. Like Huge. hundreds of dollars a week for a lot of people. Oh, uh, so we did the calculations the other day. If you have left your home loan untouched since the start of the year and you have a $500,000 loan, you are paying $786 a month extra. Okay. We've got professional investors out there that have $3 million in loans. They are now paying $3,500 extra, somewhere around that. It's a lot of money. Okay? Yeah. No, even more than that. About $3,800. Okay. Huge money, man. That people are paying extra ever since, you know, the the interest rates now, go up. One thing again, I, I'm open with the things I'm not extremely educated about. Inflation. Obviously, I know what inflation is. But talk to me about, they say we need to increase these interest rates because we need to get inflation under control. First of all, for the people that don't fully understand it, what is inflation and what are they talking about? Why is them putting up interest rates going to control inflation. So what inflation is, is based on the CPI. So it's it's the price of a dollar, or how much a dollar is worth. You, you would have always heard your parents say, I bought a house 20 years ago for 20 grand or yeah. whatever it was. But if you bring that to today's terms, it might be worth 200,000. And that's what inflation is. So yeah. it's how much things increase in value and what the cost of a dollar is. A dollar today is worth 95 cents last year. Kind of. Does that make yeah. sense yeah, to yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of how inflation works. What ended up happening was during COVID, there's one thing Australian government does very, very well as opposed to the rest of the governments in the world is to take care of their population. That's why a lot of people move here. We had JobSeeker and we had JobKeeper. That money had to come from somewhere. So what they did is they issued something called the government bond buyback program. And what they were doing is they were buying back all their bonds so they had all these cash reserves to be able to give out is $750, the $550, however much that they needed to in government grants to make sure people were still able to eat. What ended up happening was you had a lot of business owners able to offset their wages and able to offset quite a lot of things and have the government come in and basically pay those wages to keep their staff. So what used to cost the business $1,000 a week, all of a sudden started to cost them $250, Okay. So they had all this massive surplus in cash. And what ended up happening is people were going out and spending like crazy. Okay. That's, that's what ended up happening last year. You had, and it was the top 2%ers, 1%ers. They were the ones that were really starting to spend like crazy. Um, the used car market shot up in value. Used cars, not brand new cars. You couldn't, yeah, get yeah. A brand, you couldn't get a brand new car 
last year. Like you could not get it because there were just so many people wanting to buy and such little product being able to be distributed. Um, and what, what, what else started happening happened was we were locked into our states. We weren't not, not locked into our country. We were locked into our states. We couldn't go to Queensland until Feb, February this year. We couldn't go to Victoria before that. We couldn't go to Tasmania. There were so many things that we weren't able to do because of this. And so what ended up happening is we were forced to spend our money internally. And because of us being forced to spend our money internally, everything shot up and people were able to demand higher prices for everything. Let's say I'm building a house down the road. Mm. Cost of a brick should be a dollar, dollar fifty. Okay. Brick. Bloke down the road from me also wants to build a house. I'm willing to give you a dollar seventy-five for each brick. Just hurry up and bring it over here. Because I'm not spending my money on holidays. I'm not spending my money going on going to Europe. I'm not I'm not even spending my money going to uh, Melbourne or anything. I'm spending my money here in Sydney. Okay. I'm being forced to spend it here in Sydney. What am I gonna do? I'm gonna buy things. So what ends up happening is the costs of goods ends up rising. Okay, and that's what inflation basically is. So what they do, what, what happened was our interest rates were super low to keep economic activity going. Okay, and this is, I also don't like the Governor Philip Lowe because he came out, he's the head of the RBA, the guy that sets the interest rates. He came out and said interest rates won't go up till 2024, but the everyday Australian doesn't know what inflation is or how monetary policy works. That's our job, okay? I came out and said two years ago, that's the worst advice I've ever heard interest rates are definitely going to go up because it's going to be so much spending involved in Australia. And to control the inflation, to get people to stop spending, what they do is they raise the interest rates to bring down how much our inflation is. And so what ends up happening, our inflation rate the other day was, they said it was about 7.25%. It was actually supposed to be about 9% until they introduced all these interest rates and stuff. 7.25% is still too high. It's got to be a between two and three percent for Australia to be drawing in a proper way, uh, not drawing in a proper way. Sustainable. So, there we go. I'm saying all these big words, and then I can't say it's sustainable. Anyways, a sustainable growth pattern to make sure that uh, the value of our dollar is still strong compared to, you know, the US dollar or something along the lines of that. And so what they're doing is they're raising the interest rates to decrease the cost of housing. Because we saw Sydney shoot up 50%, Melbourne shoot up 40%, Brisbane shoot up 30%. They needed to bring that down because the cost of living was becoming unaffordable. Toilet paper was going through the roof, okay? Also due to the COVID lockdowns, but that was becoming very, very expensive. And then the war in Ukraine happens. And all of a sudden we've got all these supply chain issues with timber, with steel, with gas. So all these things are compartmentalizing and they're happening all at once. And so we're in this economic situation where the government goes, well, only one thing we can do, raise the interest rates. And then that's it. Yeah. So that's why the interest rates have gone up significantly. And that's why you've seen housing also go down. Yep. Okay. Did I answer the question? <laughs> so what, what does that mean for the next year? How long are these interest rates going to continue to go up? And are we expected to see a leveling off in this next year at any point? So the rate at which the interest rates are climbing has already decreased. They were going up by 0. 0.50 at one point. Now it's back down to about 0. 0.25. Sorry for that. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> um, with the rate of inflation, historically, Australian government does not like to cause recession. If they go too high, what will end up happening is a lot of people will start defuncting, defuncting, uh, I don't defaulting. Know, defaulting. 
I got you. Strong with me today. Thanks, man. Um, defaulting on their loans. And what will end up happening is we'll have a lot more homeless people and a lot more people dependent on the government. The Australian government hates that. Historically, it's why they stepped in and they did JobKeeper, JobSeeker. It's why, uh, I'll give you another historic example. Do you remember 2007, 2008 GFC? They came out and they gave a $1,200 stimulus check to basically anyone that was earning under 47000 Do you remember that? No. There was some random stimulus check that came out. I still remember my mate Jad, he went and bought a bunch of TNs, bought some footlocker, <laughs> some trackies, all that kind of stuff. But the government always steps in because they don't like recessionary periods. Australia likes consistent growth. Whether it's a Labor or whether it's a Liberal government, their main trajectory is to grow gradually, 2 to 3%. So what will end up happening is watch the quarterly inflation rates, okay? At the moment, we're about 7.25. We're supposed to be about 9.5. We didn't end up getting that 9.5 because they already brought those interest rates in. What they'll end up doing is they'll next quarter, it'll probably be even less because we're already starting to see housing decrease significantly across all states. The only state that's still performing like growing is Adelaide, uh, not Adelaide, South Australia, but Adelaide being yep. the main CBD. And then what you end up seeing is the interest rates start to level off. Where I think the interest rates are going to level off is at about 5.5%, okay? That's for the variable rate. Still very, very expensive, okay? But that's where I think it's going to start leveling off. They will keep it there because what the Reserve Bank of Australia always likes to do is an overcorrection make sure it's right, and then they'll start bringing the interest rates down again. Mm. So we're probably going to cop rises till about June, July next year. But then by August, we might start seeing decreases or just a leveling off. But it's not going to happen until the first six months of next year. Now, relative to how much we've already increased, what percentage do you think we're going up another 100% of what we've increased, 50%? So I've seen the worst of it, you think? I think we've seen the absolute worst of it um in the sense of we're at 2.85 right now i think we'll end up finishing at about four okay 3.85 to four that's going to be where the overnight cash rate is and then the bank will pass that on to you the borrower you're probably the the interest rate that you're going to pay is going to be between 5.8 to 6 that's going to be around june july but then you might start seeing if there's not enough economic activity which there's a chance there won't be you're going to see that decrease what you really got to watch now, what we really have to watch now is the vacancy. So you might have seen in news lately, there's no places to rent. Australia's at its lowest vacancy levels that it's ever been. I think 1.5% of all properties across Australia are vacant at the moment. And that's just because they're transitioning. They're going from tenant to tenant. That's at any point in time. So that's 98.5% of all investment properties. What's are, the standard vacancy rate generally? Six or seven percent. Oh, wow. Yeah. So maybe even higher, like usually like even more than that. But the fact that it's decreased so much, we don't have new development applications and we also have all of these people moving to Australia. It's just kind of like, where are we going to put all these people? Yeah. And the cost of rent is going to go even higher. So if you're thinking about purchasing property as an investment, you're going to make money in the next year, you're probably going to have a positively geared property. I'll give you a quick example. I uh, have one of my investments. I was getting $460 a week for it. Today, I'm getting 600 in the span of nine months. Nine months, it's gone up $140. That doesn't sound like a lot per week. Think about it this way. 140 divided by 460 is about uh, just under a third. So about 27%, 26%. That's a 26% increase 
on my investment for doing absolutely nothing. I did, I did nothing. It's just because of the market. My investment has now gone up 26%. If I told you to go buy Microsoft tomorrow because it was going to jump up 26%, you would go buy Microsoft tomorrow because it was going to jump up 26%. It's the exact same thing. So we are going to see a lot more people potentially dip into the investment market because it's going to be so much more there's going to be so much more money to be made in the rental market in the next year this is such good information for me i i, I can say listening for the i know the boys nodding along this is such powerful information and it's, it's it's something we need to start thinking about because if you don't you're going to get left behind man and yeah, I wish I had this information earlier on. Um, we'll start to wrap up shortly, but I want to just That's talk why I'm to here, you. guys. <laughs> I, I want to talk to you about kind of the business journey a little bit before we forget. Because like we said, I don't know if this was on air or off air, but like we're just laughing like from the outside looking in. So many people like to glorify business. And look, it's amazing. There's a lot of pros to it. Um, but it's not always easy. There's moments where it's hard, where you fucking yeah. are feeling sorry for yourself. It's just a part of it. Talk to me about the build to get from where you are. You launched just before COVID or just in the start of COVID lockdowns and everything. What's the last two and a half, three years look like of, of building, uh, building the business and the growing pains that have gone with it? Uh, best way to say is eating shit. Yeah. That's it. Okay. So people, Hollywood business up all the time. I'm going to go start a business. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I don't know if you call yourself an entrepreneur. I've never liked the word entrepreneur because I feel like it's so easy to throw around that too many people use it now. Yeah. I'm an entrepreneur. Okay, cool. What have you done? What have you achieved? What have you built? What have you established? Yeah. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur. It's like, it's, it's like yeah. no, 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 no. Give me something of substance. Tell me yeah. what you are. So we start the business, start of COVID. We're not applicable for any grants because we just started the business. Yeah. So I, I'm not applicable for any job keeper, job seeker, yeah. none of this uh, superannuation payments, nothing. None of it. None. I hire two people who are new to industry, but they wanted to work. Uh, did I make those mistakes? Yeah, I did. I made those mistakes and am I paying for it? I paid for it, okay? I did pay for it because I didn't realize at the time that I wasn't a good teacher. I wasn't. I was a horrible, horrible teacher. I'm trying to bring revenue into the business because it's a new business. We're going through one of the biggest economic strifes the world has ever seen and that that like that's no uh hyperbole hyperbole whatever literally it was one of the biggest economic like dire situations we've ever had in our lives and i've started a new business and i'm going to teach you how to handle your money and i'm new to industry people are gonna people are looking at me and they're like what are you doing you idiot and i said to myself (coughs) i said to myself no I'm going to build something. And I, I had to have this belief, similar to the belief I had when I wanted to lose weight, similar to the belief I had when I was at Macquarie, that I was good enough. I had to remind myself that I could do this. And the t- team of two became a team of four in early 2021. Because what ended up happening was I went to all these digital marketing agencies all of them didn't know what they were doing. They would tell me, oh, yeah, we're going to do this for you. We're going to boost the post. We're going to – none of it worked. I was just throwing money at a wall and none of it was sticking. There was no brand awareness. People didn't know who we were. Oh, they saw it simple and they're like, oh, what's that? What's, what's it simple, you know? Once we kind of got in touch with a digital agency that actually knew how to do lead gen, that's when our business started to flourish. 
So what happened was our lead generation went from zero leads a day and us relying on our personal network or relationships to 18 to 20 leads a day mm. like that, just from having good lead gen, just from having good ads on Facebook. But you know this because you work at e-commerce. I know this because I work similar to e-commerce. I work in a service industry. Facebook changes. Okay. iOS tracking is not allowed anymore. All those types of things. So my ads stop popping up on people's phones. They stop popping up on websites. And where do people spend most of their time? They spend it on their phone. Look at anyone's screen time at six to seven hours a day. And then all of a sudden, we're not getting those 18 leads a day. We're getting five or six and they're all rate shoppers. And then before you know it, COVID lockdown too happens. So in the midst of all this, I've got a team of seven. I'm teaching new people how to be mortgage brokers. On the back of that, I've got to navigate through a new relationship. Okay. So my partner as well. And on the back of that, I've got to also navigate through my injury and I've got to navigate personalities because everyone's locked into their own houses. Everybody's losing their minds and you've got to keep them positive. So this is where reading comes into play and team building. We'd have a team meeting once a day just to keep everybody positive, keep everybody going. You know, I would send food to their house once a week so they could have family dinners with their families. You know, I would, uh, we have a good relationship with Beatty over in um, Parramatta, great Lebanese fusion food, uh, highly recommended to everyone. But I would order a box of food. Hey, go out to their houses. I ordered everybody uh, Amazon Kindle, okay, and got them reading personal development books. And then on the back of that, I also started to do physical exercise via Zoom and whoever competed, completed the most physical exercise for the week would win a prize. So one month, oh, sorry, for the month. One month, it was a pair of Adidas Ultra Boosts. The next month, it was a tracksuit. Like these are the things that we had to do. We had to keep people, we had to break even. So my main goal during the COVID lockdown wasn't to make money because I had pre I had already previously made money through my other investments. My main goal during the COVID, the COVID lockdown, break even, okay, and make sure the team stayed happy. And then as soon as we're out of lockdown, okay, the second lockdown, we had to refigure out, well, I don't want to say refigure out, but recollaborate and see, do we really want to spend $15,000 a month on Facebook ads again and then have all these rate shoppers or do we want to build relationships? And that's when I brought on my operations manager so he could handle the day-to-day -day business of the brokers. He's the one that's handling from start to finish, making sure all the brokers are well-trained because you can't be everywhere at once. And this is where you've got to trust other people and you've got to hire the right people. But he's the one that's training them. He's the one that's making sure they're submitting loans. He's the one that's making sure they hit their KPIs and they're, you know, re reaching forward and, you know, building themselves up and building up their own profile within the company. And then you have me who's in charge of growth. So I'm the one that's in charge of Home Loan University. I'm the one that's in charge of, you know, going out and doing these podcasts and doing the media runs and so it, it was figuring out the division and figuring out what we're best at and leaning into it. I can do the operation side. I can train people and everything. But when I am sitting there and doing that, my head is screaming, going, ah, like, what are you doing here? This is not what you love. I love teaching and I love explaining things to people. And I love, I love, uh, I'm, I'm going to say it, it's, it's, it's a selling. I love being able to, not sell people on the business, but I love being able to sell 
the idea of you can become wealthy through property. And that's where we really were able to lean into and navigate. But a lot of it was figuring out in that period, first of all, where are we going to get money from? <laughs> we had to break even. We had to make our money. Figuring out how to get people to trust us. We're a new business. Okay. And then building up our own brand name. And we just got nominated for broker of the brokership of the year. In the span of two years, we got nominated as brokership of the year. We got, I got nom nominated as um, thought leader of the year for Home Loan University. I didn't know I was going to get that nomination. I was, I was like, cool. Yeah. Okay. Like I didn't know Home Loan University was going to achieve that level, but people love our stuff. And that's because we love what we do. We're not like, I always say money is a byproduct and everything, but when you love what you do, you figure it out. So I knew there was going to be light at the end of the tunnel through all the crap that we went through for the last two years, okay, I knew there was going to be light at the end of the tunnel if I just worked hard towards it. And that's, I think that's the, been the theme of this podcast. Just shut out the outside noise, look at that wall and just run through it. That's it. Awesome, man. Yeah. Um, I want to ask one last question before yeah. we wrap this up. As, as you said, congratulations, first of all, on the success the business has had over the last couple of years, both personally and, and the business. But my question is, and you can go wherever you want with this. What would what would one piece of advice you would have to someone wanting to start their first service based business? What is your point of difference? Um, you have to have a point of difference, or else you're going to be begging people for work. Um, that's the truth. If you, if you are based on service, you have to do something better than everyone else. Okay. Oh, it depends what level you want to achieve. If you want to be a everyday broker, you know, you handle all the people around you and they go to you. Fantastic. Okay. Like maybe you don't need a massive point of difference, but you do need to know how to take care of people. In a service-based industry, you need to dive so deep that you are so well-known for that particular thing that people don't think of anyone else when they think of that, okay? It's happened to me twice. Personal training and finance. Nobody thinks of me as a personal trainer anymore. But when I was a personal trainer, I was the guy that lost 51 kilos and I could teach you how to lose 51 kilos. I had clients, I had females that would lose 30 kilos in six months. I had another client that lost 40 kilos, you know, gentlemen. I was able to do that. And I was known for my personal training business. I was known. I was the fitness guy that was able to do that for you. I'm not known for that anymore. People don't message me all the time asking me, hey, um, what's the best training program or what's the best personal training program? But I went so deep into that and I marketed myself so much that I was like, that's what I'm known for. On the other side of it is the finance now. I said to myself, well, if I'm going to be the best, I have to do what the best do. I think I said this earlier. I have to market myself so hard and I have to tell everybody how much I know internally in my brain so that not only do they come to my business, but they trust me so much that they wouldn't go to anyone else. I found my point of difference. My point of difference is teaching. Okay? I'm, I, 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 I don't know how to do anything else. I don't know how to be someone else. When I was working at Foot Locker when I was 14 years old, I was so heavily invested in the shoes technology that that's what I was known for at school. I was the kid that worked at Foot Locker. Hey, Joe, what, what, 
what TNs are coming in this week or what's the best Jordans for basketball. Or That's what I was known for because I was so heavily invested. It's, it's committing yourself to what you want to be. And I think that is my best piece of advice for anyone in services. I think that's a perfect piece of advice and a beautiful way to wrap up. Um, so for anyone that wants to find you or Simple Finance, where's the best place to find you? Uh, our Instagram is It's Simple Finance, at It's Simple Finance. Um, you know, www.itsimple.com.au. We're on LinkedIn, we're on Facebook, everything. Um, in regards to that, just Google it. You'll be able to find our University on YouTube. And- yep. And then if you want to find me individually, it's uh, at Joss Spare Dowood. There's a uh, joke behind that. Every single time somebody used to write an article about me, they would misspell my name <laughs> and not write Joseph. They wrote Josper. So now I'm Josper. <laughs> SEO. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh, we'll link all your stuff in the show notes. I appreciate you, um, Anyway, man. Thank uh, you so much for having again. me on. Man, I've learned from you and, and I'm definitely going to spend some time yeah. um, looking into property again because if I wait, I can wait six months, but then like you're missing out on an amazing opportunity. You know what I mean? Uh, last piece of advice, don't be scared of property and don't be scared of the fact that it's so part of our zeitgeist or anything. No, 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 no. Mm. Just look at how other people are making money. Yeah. You want to make money. You want to be financially savvy. You want to be independent. Go do that. That's it. Beautiful. Thanks again, man. Thank you so Bye. much for having me. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or you got something out of it, do yourself a favor. Do me a favor. Do your friends a favor and share this with them and they can come along on this journey with us. Thanks again and I'll see you next time.